hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, this episode features Lee Greenhow. We are... Yeah, done. All right. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, thank you, Bianca. All right. I mean, we were just, you and I were just laughing before we click record that, you know, the time frame that you're in and the time frame that I'm in. But to my listeners, this is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the awesome voice you're hearing on the other end is Lee. Gosh, I'm going to butcher your last name. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> I, I, it was in my brain and it just flew away. And I am so sorry. So I'm just going to give you the floor of who you are, what you do, et cetera. Wow. Brain et cetera. fart. Wow. <laughs> It's Lee Green O. Um, yeah, it did get butchered when I was at school, to be fair. Greenhouse, Green Huff, and all those kind of things. But it's it's Green Ho. Apparently, it's part part French, apparently. Green Ho. Um, and a bit about me. Um, I'm a filmmaker here in the middle of the UK. If you imagine the UK, right in the middle, the Midlands, I'm there. Um, so I'm a filmmaker, radio host, podcast, bit, bit of everything creative, really. Um and uh yeah that's about it really yeah yeah and uh we met because you asked me to be on your podcast i don't know why and i was and yeah. and uh and then i am returning the favor um but of course uh i do find you know because we've kept in touch since then and i, I do yeah. find a lot of your content and, and what you say and your messaging very very interesting so i think your perspective will be quite unique for my listeners um, oh good yeah so in terms of like imposter syndrome uh and the feeling of like you know am i am i at a good place where i'm at in life do i have it all figured out do you feel like you have it all figured out (laughs) i wish (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't know i think being a creative when i spoke to you imposter syndrome it's something i've always been interested in um because i am so money i was a manager for many many years doing the boring day-to-day job and i've always had this creative side to me And because of that, um, I think all the things I've done, writing, filmmaking, things like that, I've never felt good enough because I've never sort of made it. I'm not sitting here now and saying, uh, you know, I'm being paid millions of pounds to make films. So I'm still trying. So it's always just trying and trying. And also you've got to have quite a tough bat because I've wrote screenplays and sent them off and you get rejection after rejection. So I don't know. I don't know. Imposter syndrome. I just think if I ever did make it, would I feel worthy? I think the climb, the actual struggle is, is the fun part. As long as you can take the knocks, you know, and I've been doing that for many years now. I think, um, you know, and I think sometimes should I do something better with my time, maybe take up golf or, but I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy keep, you know, plugging away and, and and trying to do my best at these different things. And maybe one day, you know, I'll be able to do something, make it as a living doing these different creative adventures. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm kind of in that same transition of you right now where I'm like doing things that I like doing and they don't necessarily, they're not lucrative, but 
I enjoy them a lot more like podcasting, you know, like that's not going to pay the bills, but I enjoy the conversations I'm having and, and the people I get to talk to and and meet such as yourself. And so, um, you know, I feel good about the work that I'm putting out and the, the product that I'm putting out. Um, and I agree with you that like, I think even if I somehow like this took off and, you know, went to the moon or whatever. I, I think I would be like, I, w- I don't know if I'd be able to accept it. Cause I, I as well would be like, huh, well, um, <laughs> when are they going to figure out that? Like, there's so much garbage underneath this that like, I'm trying to hide. And I don't want you to know that I, that I had to like climb a mountain of garbage to get here. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. And I, I also think like, uh, in terms of like figuring it out, like we're, we're always in a learning curve. I mean, no one's an expert on life. And if they say they've got it figured out, they don't know what they're talking about or they're boring. or both (laughs) yes so what kind of um what was kind of your catalyst to get into a more creative role because because I mean you know being a manager and and all that was just like so mind-numbingly boring that you're like enough yeah Yeah, it's um well when I was at school I was always creative when when I was leaving school I wanted to become a an actor so it was always there and then I sort of fell into a managerial role good money um you know enjoyed partying and that sort of went to the side for for quite a few years and but then as as I got older you know and you start thinking what do I enjoy do I enjoy being a manager you know I was really good at it which was annoying um but the fact that I was good at it sort of didn't I didn't enjoy it it wasn't I wasn't a passionate about it um so I just thought you know I'm gonna start doing something creative I even uh, finished one of the jobs, one of, man- one of the managerial jobs I was doing, I just finished because I just wasn't enjoying it. The money was great, but what's the point? Um, you know, and I've, I've talked to a lot of people and, and they all say the same thing. You know, what good is it if you're doing something you don't enjoy? Because at the end of the day, when you're in a casket, you're not, <laughs> you're going to say, what did you enjoy doing in your life? Not how much money did you earn? And oh, it's yeah. true. So, you know, and it's true. So, so I sort of got, got sort of I don't know in my mid-20s um I I had a little boy that was probably a big catalyst as well um and yeah and and just people around me said you should just go for it and I I just thought I could still carry on being managerial but not so much that I'm getting paid big money to live have my life revolved around it you know where I'm going I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about it so I'll do sort of a mid-level managerial and then that gives me the other half of my life where I can actually enjoy it and and pursue my passion so that and everybody's different you know some people will decide to earn the big books and but to me um i just enjoy following following my creative side and regardless of whether i'm going to make any money out of it or not and that's just you know everyone's got hobbies that that's my hobby unfortunately it's it's a hobby that's quite painstaking at times and takes up a lot of hours but you know it's, it's what i enjoy and the other thing is as well it takes a lot for your your other half to understand as well. My wife, you know, we've been well. It's our tenth year anniversary next year, um, but we we were seeing each other before then, um, and that takes a lot of understanding as well for her to understand. You know, because it's difficult. Some people don't understand that creative passion that it's running through your blood that you can't live without it. And I think when it's like that, it's difficult. You have to do something about it. Um, and she doesn't understand that, and that's fine. She's got her passions um but she's she's understanding you know and when when i sit here you know editing for hours and end on a film that probably will end up you know on a dvd in 
Taiwan somewhere. No one will ever see it. She's understanding for that. You know, she'll say, you know, I'm, you know, you're, you're enjoying doing what you're doing and we'll probably never make any money out of it. <laughs> so, you know, so they're, they're all the kind of things that I had to think about. Um, and it's just one of those things that you just got to do. You got to enjoy life, ain't you? You got to do things you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I totally understand that. And, and, um, right now and, and a kind of feel, I think my partner, Scott, he's very, um, understanding cause he, he's, he's never wanted me to, he's never forced me to work. Yeah. I've always kind of like, I've always had a hustle drive. So like when I would, you know, lose a job or when I would, you know, move somewhere or when we were moving or whatever the transition would be, I would always put the pressure on myself to get reemployed. And, and with the pandemic, I, I was like, you know what? I just, uh, I don't think that I can, I don't think, I don't think I feel comfortable um, going back into an office. And then, then the countdown started ticking towards us moving again. And I thought, and now it's at a point where it's like, it's not safe. And also I'd be taking a job from someone. Um, and do I really want to go do what I was doing? Kind of similar to you. Like, do I want to go back to that high powered managerial role where I want to jump out of um, any open window that I see and, <clears throat> and at all times. And, and it's in, I just, I think in terms of, of, of this year and, and the, the gift that a lot of this, um, time has given people I think it's for some myself included it's given me the opportunity to kind of sit back and figure out well one work on myself which I haven't probably I've neglected myself for quite a while and haven't really you know worked on my mental health or like what do I like doing or like what do I hate doing instead I've just kind of been the yes man that's done everything because that's my job and I have to um, and now I can kind of go, well, I don't like that. And I never have to do it again. So that, that's great. Never have to do it again. Awesome. And that's a place of privilege, of course, um, to be, but that's also, you know, 10 years of experience working. Um, so my partner, he, he very much, um, he very much allows me to be myself and explore whatever is going to make me happy. And if it means not making money, then so be it as long as I'm happy so yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of a, a catch-22 because then I feel guilty because I'm like yeah but then I, I it's almost like imposter syndrome on top of that because I'm like well but this isn't making the monetary amount that I feel like I should be contributing and am I contributing enough in this relationship and blah 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 well anyway then he deployed and I don't even go into an office right now and I've never been yeah. busier in my life I've had to deal with so many things I've never had to deal with before in my life like just when he left there's a there's a Murphy's law of three they say as spouses, yeah. um, that three things will go wrong. Yeah. And the first thing for me was, um, I lost, like I, I broke up with a friend that was really su sucky. It sucked. Um, yeah. which, you know, it's hard to do in a pandemic and we went our separate ways. And then a, uh, I was driving a different friend home from dinner and mm. I hit something on the 805, which is a highway. And, yeah. and thankfully she was just off that highway. So I was able to call USAA, which is my insurance. And they came and they put a tire on for me because I don't know how to do that as a 31 year old woman. Um, and Scott did it the last time because, and it was the same tire that he and I had gone to Palm Springs previously and we had hit a nail and it had, yeah. so it was just like, it was, it was, it was coming. It had been coming. Yeah. So I had to do that. And then I had to go and I had to purchase a tire and go into a male dominated tire store and go get a tire. And I did that just yeah. fine. And I, and I, and I handled it. 
yeah. then uh, we got hit with a uh, bill from my, my uh, home state um, because we, he changed his state of residency and then they hit him with a tax bill under a loophole for military. And, and then so we tried to defer it, but that didn't work. So I had to pay that. So I was like, these are things I've never had to do like yeah. ever. And I'm yeah. handling them. And, you know, I'm also still waiting on, you know, house updates and all of that. So I don't know how people actually go through a deployment with a career, let alone children, because I've had to just, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have never been more busy in my life, even though there's days where I just sit in my bed and all I do is play animal crossing for five hours. <laughs> I'll play animal crossing and, I'll, yeah. and then I'll, and then I'll be like, well, I guess I'll get up and do stuff. I'm like, Oh, I have emails. Let me. And then I'm like, I, I did something today, but, but I, I still like, it, it's crazy to me. I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess I just feel very blessed that, um, that I kind of, that, that the year shaped out the way that it did in a lot of ways, because I definitely don't feel stressed. I, I feel, I feel good, but I also feel like it's given me so much time to like kind of figure out what I like doing. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, I know, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think, um, I think as far as relationships are concerned, if, you know, we are lucky if we can do that, you know, some people turn around and say, you know, I'd love to do this and that, but I haven't got the time. And, and that annoys me. Um, because I haven't got the time, but I do it because I'm passionate about it. And and one thing I, I always say is, you know, ideas are nothing, actions, everything. You know, I get people that send me scripts or they'll say, I've got an idea for a book. Well, that's all right, but we're never going to read that book. We're never going to read that script because you're not doing it. So we can all say that what you need is that, that push to, to do something um, because we can all just sit there and say, oh yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. So that's the first thing. The other thing which you were talking about, obviously your relationship is for me, if my wife looks at me and I'm not earning much money, um, but she can see that I'm passionate, I'm working hard and I'm trying, then she can forgive all that. Now, the difference is if I'm not making any money and I'm, you know, doing little bit, little bits and barbs and not bothering or not volunteering or not, you know, then that's when I think the relationship will struggle. But the fact is, you know, I could be working hard and busy like yourself, but volunteering, volunteering while COVID's about or volunteering or helping with charities. You know, I'm doing a quiz on Friday for a charity. So she understands the value in that. And I think that's important within relationships. It doesn't have to be monetary. Now, I'm lucky that we can manage and, mm -hmm. and get by. Of course, you've got to be able to manage. But I think that's a beautiful thing. If you've got a good, good relationship where each other you know, because it's a bit crappy that we, we talk in mon monetary, isn't it? But we're mm -hmm. going to, because that's life. That, that, that's life. You've got to pay your mortgage. You've got to pay your bills. Uh, but the reality is, you know, it's all about, you know, uh, I'm happy that she enjoys her work. Uh, and then a byproduct of that is, she, you know, she does well and she earns good money. You know, she's happy I'm doing what I do. Yes, I earn money, but nowhere near as much as I could do but she knows that the other part of my life, I'm really pushing and, and working hard and she feels, for, you know, for that. So I think that's, you know, relationship wise, I think that's, that's part and, uh, definitely part and parcel of it. And then the other part that you were talking about is about having all these things thrown at you. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm in the middle of the UK 
and I'm a filmmaker and really the UK there's only one center of filmmaker it's London so when you're a filmmaker in the Midlands it makes it very difficult uh, and sometimes I have to travel down to London and of course you go to London I love London don't get me wrong I couldn't live there but I love it you know for a few days at a time but when I go I'm always on my own you know I'll go to seminars I'll go to audition I'll, I'll do auditions with different people but I always feel alone as I go there and I feel ever I feel really uncomfortable and someone once said to me said look you know when you're in this business and in certain businesses um it, uncomfortable you're growing so and it's true I went I went to a, a screenwriting festival once I didn't know anyone there I was terrified I got there um and I started connecting and at the end of those two or three days I felt fantastic but going in, I felt that uncomfortable. I was just so close to turning away. And a lot of people would be surprised to hear that who know me because I come across quite, you know, confident. But I still have insecurities. I still feel shy at times. You know what I mean? Um, so I definitely think what you're saying about all these different things you're doing, if you feel uncomfortable, push through it. Because the worst thing you could do is you feel uncomfortable, you walk backwards you'll you'll regret it you'll you'll be lying in bed at night and you think oh i wish i you know i wish i had gone in and got that tie chain. i mean you were forced to do that but you know that's just an example so mm -hmm. i think the best thing you can do if one thing I, I would definitely say is if you're feeling comfortable you're growing if it's the right reasons and, you, and you're sure you know you're doing the right thing then push yourself through that that's definitely helped me help me on the on the way <laughs> yeah no that's that's great advice and i've, I've kind of come to realize that a, a lot more um maybe yeah. this year more so than other years um and i've done a lot of things that do make me very uncomfortable this year mm. um you know i'm not afraid i'm not afraid to speak it's funny because people um who listen to my podcast they'll tell me they're like i mean it's really even people who have come on my podcast i'll be like it's really intimidating coming on this i'm like freaking why <laughs> like it's just like i to me because i'm still you know one it's a podcast about imposter syndrome but two like i forget that this is yeah. probably a more polished product than the average thing people yeah. listen to right now yeah, and when yeah. it's somewhat amateur and it sounds really good like they, they, they like they're very, very impressed by it and of course i'm imposter syndrome 101 like uh, quick to combat that and like go be like oh it's not that great you know but yeah you but, get you you, yeah. you get you you get used to it, don't you? And I mean, yeah. I mean, like I'll, I'll speak to people that I find really interesting. I'll say, "Come on the podcast, I'd love to speak to you," and they go, oh, "I couldn't do that." And I I forget how terrifying it can yep. be for certain people. But the other part, the other side of that is, I think, what a shame because they're so interesting, and you know, if they push themselves, maybe they could come on it. Right, right, and that's and that's kind of where I was going. Is that like I have no problem recording my voice listening to my voice back i have no problem watching myself on video i have no problem like do like i have no problem you know poking fun at myself or or, or watching <laughs> myself or whatever i might be doing but where i get um comfortable is um a presentation where i mm -hmm. am uh yeah. you know giving away very pertinent information yet meanwhile i I blast this into the internet every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. so it's interesting kind of where I get uncomfortable um, versus where I don't. And right now, like in, in terms of feeling uncomfortable, I, I volunteer for the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society uh, every week. And yeah. um, uh, I don't know a lot about uniforms. 
and they'll yeah. ask me like questions because I'm right now I'm, I'm I'm volunteering at the thrift store, but I'm about to go into the office to help with casework yeah. where we basically give no questions asked, interest-free loans to anyone who's who's a spouse or active active duty or dependent that needs you know one to five hundred dollars yeah. depending on enlisted rate. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we you know it's 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 a very um, you know no questions asked and, mm. and it's 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 uh, it's been around since 1904 so it's a very um, well yeah. well known organization but it's all volunteer led. I have no idea what I'm doing. So when a sailor will come in and they're looking for something and they give me like a nickname, like, I don't know what that means. They'll be like, oh, give me frogs. I'm like, what is that? And I have to ask like someone who's like been in before, but now I'm at a point where I kind of know what they're asking for. So if they point on their uniform, I go, okay. And then I'll usually make a joke and then, you know, they're, they'll feel comfortable because I feel uncomfortable. So I have to kind of like even the playing field, but yeah, I feel like I've I've grown a lot. um, I guess. And just doing that in the last month or so, I, I, I've learned a lot of weird stuff, but yeah. But yeah, I I get that. Like, I think you grow more when you feel uncomfortable because you have to kind of adapt. And if you're not adapting, then you're not, learning or changing so yeah i mean if you think back to when you first did that bianca yeah and you, you know the first day you must have been petrified mm-hmm. you know and so then when you think back how proud must you be of how far you've come you know what i mean yeah that, that's great that's growth isn't it you know what i mean the easiest thing would have you would have been for you to stay in the car and turn back and said i can't do it <laughs> i almost did i i remember i went to orientation <laughs> training and she goes, okay, now you're going to meet my actual friend, uh, volunteers at the thrift store as well. And she used to volunteer at the one in Naples when she was stationed over there. She's, a, she's also, um, a veteran. Uh, she was a corpsman for 20 years. Um, so I, I really respect her. love her, her, her and her husband are great people. Um, yeah. and she's the one that got me into it because I really wanted to kind of switch gears or have more something on my resume that was a little more military focused. Cause I'm going to basically an Island where it's going to be very hard to get employment unless I have some tie in. to the military so so i I, i'm driving i can't find this building like i (laughs) i hate driving on base in general because i feel like i don't belong on base ever i'm always like i don't it's uncomfortable you hand your id there's a sentry which is a security and and they've got guns and they beep boop your id and then you (laughs) and then you have to go around a roundabout and and I only know one way to get there and one way back because I hate driving. So I, so I'm like, okay, like I know how to get where I need to go. But I drove around this base so many times because the, I, I was given these very vague directions, and finally I found it. And then I was just frazzled because I was like, I what is happening? And now I'm so late, and the store is going to close, and I and I'm ah, um, but and then and then I remember like. I felt uncomfortable. I felt weird because there was a, a sailor who was taking temperatures at the door um, to yeah. screen and I needed to talk to Diana, but I still had to screen. And I was like, my, my just painful, like panic, but I was trying to like hold it together. And, and then after that, it got easier um, day after day. And now I'm totally comfortable, but I just was such a fish out of, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, but that's brilliant. That's brilliant what you've done, and like I say, and and I wish more people would do that. More people would push themselves because you know, on my own podcast, I talk to amazing people, um, and you think, God, if you'd have done this, if you'd have done more, or you'd have made that decision, you know, people are amazing. The but the 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 key is 
you've got to push yourself. You have to push mm-hmm. yourself and there'll be periods where you have to. And the old ego comes in, doesn't it, into your mind. And it's like, you can't do that. You're not yeah. good enough for that. You can't do that. And it's in its turning around and telling it, oh, I think I can. And it's pushing it. You know what I mean? Right, right. I think we've I've touched on imposter syndrome and kind of how you can kind of like doubt yourself in situations and, and, mm. and that kind of stuff, especially in the cre- in creative films or cre- sorry, creative realms. Yeah. films probably as well um but do do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and in what ways and and i guess like the bigger question here is what does imposter syndrome mean to you i think i think the big thing you almost have to uh numb it out because i'm just i'm a small fish in a big sea and oh god that's terrible that sounds so cheesy uh but um you know like i said i've had lots of rejections before and it's part and parcel of, of filmmaking and, and being a creative. You know, you write a script, you send it off, you get rejected, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. So you have to put it at the back of your mind. You can't, if I was to think I'm not good enough, then I'd stop doing it. What hot, what I have to think is, do I enjoy doing it? Yes. Uh, should I continue? Is it worth continuing? And you have to be in certain roles, especially in filmmaking, you have to have them blinkers on regardless, you know, regardless of whether your wife, your mom, your dad, your brother says, I don't think it's any good or I don't think you're going to make it. You have to have those blinkers on where you just turn around and say, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going, keep going. Because I always think at the end of the day, if I'm on my deathbed and my my kids turn around to me and say, you know, were you happy with life? I want to turn around and say, God, yeah, I'll try, you know, and did you ever get anywhere? If I can turn around and say, well, no, I never got anywhere at being whatever you want to be, but I tried my hardest, my damnedest, and gave it a good shot and I enjoyed the ride, then that to me is the ultimate, isn't it? You know what I mean? And I think, and even if you do make it, say, you know, whatever you want to be, if you do ultimately make it there, you'll still continue to try and do other, you know, do other challenges. So you're always trying, aren't you? It's just the fact that, I'm trying something that's a real pain in the ass to ever try and get get anywhere at. Uh, you know, I've gone for the big mountain. You know, I always say to my wife, I wish I wanted to be a vet because I could have gone to university, done the done the qualification, and I'd be a vet. <laughs> <laughs> but life's, you know, life's not that simple. So I think imposter syndrome, I think, is a strange one for me. It's it's a strange one because you're almost thinking when you get, I'll tell you what it's like when you get a rejection. It is soul crushing. It is soul crushing. But I know I have to bounce back. So it's it's that, um, I can't think of the word, but it's almost, you've got to have a skin of a rhino where you can just say, right, they've said I'm not going good enough. Okay, I'll move on to the next person or I'll improve myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's taking those hits quick and then rebounding off it. Now, if I was the type of person that I got a rejection and just sat in the corner and cried for the next week, then don't get involved in any of this filmmaking lark. Do something else because you will get crushed. And there's different, don't get me wrong, there's different professions and different, you know, different, you, there's different kinds of rejection. Um, but for me, the this is this is the top of the mountain. Like I say, these are the harsh rejections. This is, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere that's a real pain in the arse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's a strange one for me, imposter syndrome. So I'm not really answering your question, but 
I don't, I do feel imposter syndrome is I don't feel I'm good enough because I haven't made it yet. Maybe mm-hmm. one day when I get someone who I look up to or I inspire to, and they turn around and say, well, actually your work's very good. And I get that off some people, but when I actually in- inspire to someone and they say your work's good, maybe then I'll think, well, actually, you know, I can, I can do this. I can do this, but you've just got to take those little pieces of gold. You know, if you interview someone on the podcast, you know, it's like, and someone at the end says, yeah, I really enjoyed that. They're, they're a little bit, you know, they're not off the president or anything, or the <laughs> prime minister or anything like that. That's off just a human being saying thanks. And that, that makes all the difference as well. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. take those little bits as well and don't just go for the big, you know, uh, Steven Spielberg to phoning me up and saying, yeah, <laughs> come <yeah>. over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I can relate a lot to that. Cause I, yeah. I, I know that for me, um, rejection doesn't hurt that much when it was dating. Cause I'm like, whatever, like, <laughs> like, like whatever you weren't right for me, this, this was terrible. Like my Uber's here. Bye. Um, but <laughs> But in t- I, I actually felt like career stuff mm. um, and things that happened professionally in my career, rejection-wise, hurt a lot more than mm. dating. Um, and, and But I had to basically reframe my state of mind that when I would have a setback in my career or, you know, someone didn't like my resume or didn't get the job or the interview didn't go well or whatever, I would have to take a learning curve from it and figure out like what I could do better. And eventually got to the point where I was like, it was almost like dating where you're like, well, that company wasn't right for me, you know, like just (laughs) like, so then you're, then you're like basically looking at your career, like dating and gosh, I mean, I, 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 at one point I thought I was like a serial a serial interviewer. Cause I, <laughs> 2017, I quit a job and I was interviewing like crazy. And then I got a job and then they did layoffs. And then I worked for a startup and then they ran out of money. And it was just like, ah, like one after another. And all this is while I started dating my husband and we got married and, yeah. and it was like, just a whirlwind. And I, and there was times I would leave an interview and I would just feel like depressed. Cause I was like, well, that mm. went terribly. Cause yeah, you know, but I've learned now in a few years since then that it really, you don't have to take it so personally. And sometimes it's not even about you, mm. you know? So, so I, I kind of, um, yeah, I, I also haven't really like given people the floor to criticize my podcast. Yeah. I don't, I don't like put it in the Reddit threads where they're like critique it. I don't, I don't need your critique because yeah. I I'm a low budget. I'm a low budget podcast and I'm just enjoying this and having conversations with people and you can like it or you can dislike it. I don't need to know. Um, And so, um, so there's ways that I like protect myself from, from like, from like the comment section, so to speak. Like I just, you know, I'm always very careful. I'm like, I don't really want to be, you know, I mean, I, I, I totally, look, I, t- I totally understand that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I say, I'm I'm probably in the worst industry in the world where you, you know you're gonna get back, you're gonna get battered. But I think a lot of it comes from, like I said to you earlier about managing my managerial career. I remember when I was I was doing really well. I was I was running a company and for someone else, a bigger boss who just always went and played golf and never did anything, and. Uh, I thought the company was running brilliant. We were making a lot of money. Um, and I got on with everyone. Uh, 
but I found out that a couple of guys really hated me. Now, <laughs> and and that and that annoyed me. This was probably the end of my high level managerial career, to be a fair, because they what that they don't know me. They don't know what I do. They don't know when I come home. You know how I relax or what I watch on TV. They they don't care about any of that. What they care about is I've told them off about something, and and it was a brilliant learning curve uh, for me being doing this managerial kind of thing because what I realised is that if I turn around to someone and say, "Look, you've been off for for four weeks, and you know, uh, and we're struggling. You, you've been away. You've been sick. You, we're struggling. We need you here. Why have you been away?" I'm questioning them. Now, in their mind they've been away for four weeks because they've been sick or they've been ill or the partner's had a problem or they've had all this stress. So I'm coming at them with one, one, one um, conversation. They're coming at me with another conversation. And, but who's right and wrong? Who's right and wrong? But there, they hate me. They hate me because I'm judging them and telling them because of the business. And that's what you do as a manager. And what I learned then is, I don't want people, uh, and some people can do this. Some people can do high level management and don't care if everybody hates them if they're making a big pay packet. But to me, that guy who hates my guts has no idea who I really am. And all we're doing is we've both got different sides of a story. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I'm higher up, so I tell him. And that really riles him. And ever since then, and I can't remember whether that was about 20, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago or whatever. Ever since then, I just thought, you know, you have to have empathy for the other person. Even if you don't like it, well, why should you not like them? You just disagree with them. You have to have that empathy. You have to realize they've got a story. They think they're right. Even And, and sometimes, even if they're blatantly wrong. You know, even if, you know, this guy's talking absolute shite, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, 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 he thinks he's right. He thinks he's right and you're having a go at him. And that was a great learning thing for me to learn that everybody's got a story. Everybody's got their own judgments um, and you shouldn't judge. Now, some people always will. But what I've found later in life and as I get older is it's a great thing to not uh, to not judge people. And like you said earlier, you, you know, people, you would be worried and mortified if someone uh, had a go about your podcast or whatever. Um, but why are they sad? Because if someone said something to you constructive and you respected that comment, you'd think, oh, fair comment. But you know you're going to get the idiot that just wants to have a moan and have a go at you. And that's because whether they're jealous or, you know, they're not happy in their own life. Do you see what I mean? So there's yeah. always those two sides. And, and I think what you've got to remember is, you know, they're coming from a different place. Like you say, don't take it personal because they're taking it far more personal. If people are upsetting you with a comment, then there's something far more wrong from their end than there is you know what I mean? From, from where you are. Yeah. 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 It's it. I, I do. You're right. I do. Whenever I've, I've had constructive criticism or feedback, I shouldn't say criticism feedback. Um, yeah. And I've taken it very well because it's always come from someone who's more tenured or experienced or has done this longer or, or um, has an idea that maybe I didn't think of. And I, I welcome that. 
Um, but <clears throat> I just feel like uh, 2020 has been kind of like a, a time of like cancel culture and people being angry mm -hmm. and you, and you voted this way. So then you're done. And mm -hmm. I will say that I'm a millennial. We're guilty of it. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I feel like social media has not been the mm -hmm. kindest to people yeah. this year. And, um, I have a great example. Okay. So yeah. <clears throat> this is off topic, but yeah. uh, I I'm in this group of, of, of people who like to make crafts and they also have the Peloton bike. And mm. last night I was on scrolling cause I couldn't fall asleep for some reason scrolling yeah. and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I see this post and I, and I read this image, this person had made this like Christmas tree and I, just didn't really like look at it like really hard, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I like went to like it. And then I started reading the comments. Yeah. And then I looked at the shirt again. And the first thing I saw was rigged election. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cause so they made like a, a, a shirt with like a tree. And then it said like <laughs> what 2020 was like. And I didn't see that at first. And then I also saw that they said global pandemic. Well, global and pandemic that's redundant pandemic is global. So, so I, I was like, I, I could be mean and I could comment too, just like these other Karens, or I could just scroll past it. So I scroll past it. Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, ugh, like it's not the day, but that, you know, keyboard warriors, that's really what 2020 is yeah. a lot more of, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think as long as you can kind of, you know, laugh it off and, and, and not worry about it and, and get a tough skin and remember that there's always two sides to the story. And, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying everyone's the same and everyone can just laugh it off, um, you know, because some comments can be real hurtful. And I mean, I, I, I don't, very rare do I get pulled into an argument on social media, but I probably have once or twice. And I'll turn around to, to my wife and I'll say, look, look, read this. And she go, what are you doing? You're engaging. You're, you, you're pulling into the argument and I'm just so frustrated and I don't want to say angry because I don't want to get angry, but, and, and uh, I think, and I'll come out of it. So then I'll block them or come out of it and just, you know, and, uh, but that person has took up that time from me and I just think it's different. It's not easy. Now that's me and I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. And you say about tough skin, not everyone's got tough skin. Not everybody's the same. You know, we're all different. We're all human beings. Um, and, and social media can be a killer. I mean, you know, my daughter, she's 11. Uh, she does social media. They do stuff at school now. And I think they need to put a lot more in schools about social media. You know, you've got Instagram where people put all these pictures up and you look at a fantasy lifestyle that's not real. Um, and it, it, people need, and especially kids, because we, we're getting the back end of it and we're a bit older now and a bit wiser. But these young kids coming in, and they get a phone when they're what, I don't know what age it is, 10, 8, 9, and they open up these apps. It's just, it, you know, they need serious ed educating on these social medias because it's just it can be for the for the wrong person, a real arsehole can really go to town on this social media, which is a shame because I think social media is a beautiful thing, you know. We have relatives that don't live near us, they can send us, you know, beautiful photos. And uh, we can sort of still have a bit of a chat and that. But, you, you know, it's like I always say, you're always going to get arseholes. And <laughs> you know, they will be. They will be on, on social media. And it's trying to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I agree. I think there's also a pull towards authenticity now. Um, so I'm really hoping that the younger generation, you know, continues to, to kind of see that, that a lot of that stuff is fake. You're just seeing a highlight reel. It's not really real at all. And I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Social media. Eh. I, I think, you know what, I, I would rather have the pandemic with technology versus not. So yeah, I'm I mean, grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, that, that, it, I totally agree with you. Like I say, it's a beautiful thing, you know, technology and social media, we're talking from the other side of the world, you know, so it is a great thing, but you're always going to get that five, 10% of idiots that can ruin it for everyone else. And it's how we deal with that, isn't it? You know what I mean? And it's how some of us are more vulnerable than others. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just think definitely in school, they should, should learn more and, um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mark Zuckerberg okay. knows the answer. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I feel like we've kind of even touched on imposter syndrome and all of that. And mm. um, I think you, we've also kind of touched on success and, and kind of where you, where you want to go career wise and, and just, you know, things that are important to you. So we get to go to the favorite part of the podcast, Ooh. which is of course things we're fanatical about and, and why. And I remember on your episode, which of course uh, to my listeners, I will link in this in this description so oh, you can right, listen yeah. to it but um i went on and on and on and on and on ad nauseum about two things baby yoda and drag bingo and here we are a couple months later and i'm still <laughs> obsessed with baby yoda and drag bingo yes <laughs> well look i haven't done the drag bingo I, I, i've got to admit i haven't tried that yet um but uh we have something similar over here uh, which is, uh, there's a charity I'm quite close to uh, near where I live called Mighton Hospice. Uh, and they do quizzes, uh, virtual quizzes. Now, it's been quite hard for them this year because they have to raise a lot of money because the good old government gives them zero, gives, they give them a little bit of money, but they need to raise millions. And these people are brilliant. They look after people that are uh, end of life care, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people and families as well, because it's not just the person that's dying, it's the families mm-hmm. as well. They do a great job and they do quizzes throughout the year. And I host it. I love it. It's all done on Zoom. It's a right laugh. People give a few quid. Um, and so when you talk about the Peloton and that's all online, that, that springs to mind. I do, I do enjoy that. And I feel like I'm doing a little bit, you know, I'm doing a little bit uh, for a charity that I really think a lot of. So I'd say that 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 that's something I really enjoy. And then Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. I love, I just, it's so frustrating for me. My daughter, she's 11 and I love the Mandalorian. You love the Mandalorian, I do. And she won't watch it. And it's really annoying me. <laughs> I've told her because what I love it because there's so many good things going on. And, and, and I think I said to you before, what I love, there's a few things, there's a few things from just as a viewer and also a filmmaker and as a filmmaker, the fact that we never see his face, well, we do once, but we never see his face, but we know exactly what the Mandalorian's thinking, even though he's wearing a mask is, is a, a fantastic bit of, of filmmaking or TV making or whatever you would call it. Um, and I'll get people send me scripts and I'll always say to him, do less dialogue. Less dialogue is so dialogue heavy. And now I've started saying, watch the Mandalorian. Watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> you don't need to tell us, you know, he doesn't need to say, oh, I'm really angry. He doesn't need to tell us. Because if you're writing the scene correct, we'll know he's angry. And I just think, I just love, I just love everything about it. I love the making of it, the way now filmmaking's completely changed that they film it all in one set that's all these led screens mm-hmm. so they don't have to pay 
you know, again, from a filmmaking perspective, they don't have to pay out all this money to locate because the biggest cost on any filmmaking is, is location, putting people up in hotels. But this is all, you know, and this set is, you know, multi-million. It's Disney. But once it's built, that's it. And they can film anywhere in the world from that one, that one studio. So I, I just love it. I've got to get my daughter into it. She just, I think she needs to get through that first episode to start realizing that, you know, and, and, it, and, and I think the Star Wars things puts her off because she's not a massive Star Wars fan. And that annoys me because, yeah, it's Star Wars, but it's not, it's more than that. It's about this guy who's changed his, his whole ethic where he used to look after himself and just kill for money. And now all of a sudden he's got to look after this little baby, you know, and, and I love that, 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 that story. I love mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? Is that, is that how you see it? So I want to, I, I can't remember now if, if I had not seen it or I said that I had mm. drank wine through it and I <laughs> forgot what was going on in it. Um, yeah. Because I think I was a really stressed out because November to December last year were just awful for me. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I finally, before my husband deployed, we sat down and we binged it and I was sober and I watched the whole yeah. thing and I was like, huh, okay. So now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, got it done. And then I've been waiting because the new episodes have come out and I've been waiting. Yeah. My husband wants me to send them on a flash drive, you know, to the ship, which yeah. is illegal. So yeah. you didn't hear me say that FBI. No, 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 um, no. Never you know, do that. Uh, never do that. So, uh, so I've, um, but of course it comes out one a week and um, I, so I, and then the shipments of, of whenever the, the package will get to him, you know, that varies yeah. from a week or two weeks to three weeks or a month or whatever. So, so it's kind of like, I'm trying to time it just right. So I did send him the first three. Um, and then uh, whenever he gets them, he gets them, I guess, because I, I, he yeah. hasn't, he hasn't told me the last box I sent was like two weeks ago. So, yeah. so by that, by the time he gets the next set, I'll have sent the next round out. Um, yeah. And, but but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I will say that I need to, I watched it, but I was kind of playing Animal Crossing at the same time, the last couple of episodes. Oh. And I was like, oh, I got to go back and watch it again. But I do yeah. like it. I, I think that the baby Yoda, you know, he's really kind of the child's yeah. coming around and, and, and there's just, um, it's yeah. more interesting. The, the, the character it, development's a lot more interesting. The, the plot line's a lot more interesting. The thing is, I'm not a Star Wars fan. And yeah, so this that, is easier. And that's the thing. There's so much shit on TV. Uh, you know, there's, everything's so divisive. And what I love about it, I can sit down for half an hour. There's, there's funny moments in it, which make you smile. You know, there's, there's just nice moments in it. And it, I love when you can watch TV like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I love film and I've, I've watched every film you can think of. And I love heartbreaking film, you know, terrible film, you know, horror film, everything. But there's something nice about sitting down and watching something, knowing you're not going to be crying, you're not going to be stressed, you're just going to watch a nice, easy story that's just, a, you know what I mean? There's something nice about that, isn't there? Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and... And it, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's good for the soul. And, you know, I'm in this cult of baby Yoda, like that's a thing. And, and, and it, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like I went to a baby Yoda meetup, like yes. with other, like socially distant, of course. And this guy, he's like a, he's like a world famous cosplayer. Like he's done like a bunch of stuff. He lives yeah. in San Diego. He made, wow. he, he's, he's making Beskar um, stuff for his baby Yodas. Now he's selling them. Like, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And this is just, 
but it's this is for a lot of people this baby yoda has been like the one yeah thing that's gotten them through so yeah. much and yeah. you know and so for me like i see the positives in the fandom and i think it's adorable and i, and I yeah. i'm happy about it so so yeah i mean it, and all my friends now have a baby yoda so except yeah. for ashley i'm trying to convince her yeah um my friend carissa first time she ever saw my baby yoda she went and bought one um <laughs> my friend diana now she's got two uh and then uh mine mine right now he's wearing an elf hat and he sits on my uh yeah. dresser with yeah. my with my tv and it's infectious, it's infectious, isn't it? It's yeah. infectious. Well, he's cute. He's yeah. cute. I, I mean, my husband thinks he's creepy, but I think he's cute. Yeah, and it annoys me because over there in the US, it seems like they're everywhere. Whereas over here, it's a bloody nightmare to try and get older one. And I've said to my wife and my daughter, I said, I want a baby Yoda for Christmas. I don't care how you get it. I still care where you steal it from. On Christmas Day, it's my birthday on Christmas Day, by the way. <laughs> on Christmas Day... It's my birthday. I want to wake up and all I want is a baby Yoda. So if they let me down on Christmas Day, I'll tell you there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> you know, it's crazy too in these in the States right now in terms of fandom and all of that. Yeah. And Because you were saying, and this was a couple of months ago, but you were saying that the, there's virtually nothing. Like there's yeah. nothing, no merchandise. It's like they shit out baby yoda there's a baby yoda toaster there's baby yoda socks there's baby yoda masks there's baby yoda blankets there's baby yoda my friend sent me a baby yoda fucking chia pet and i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay yeah. there's and and i have my my other friend gave me baby yoda chip clips and i'm like I, i'm just like overwhelmed by it there baby yoda hand sanitizer i will say that that hand sanitizer sucked i threw it away um yeah. but i did buy it and, and yeah. baby Yoda chapstick and 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 baby Yoda pop tarts. It's it's crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a touch of it over here. I mean, you see little bits, little figures here and there, but I think it's going to come to us next year. Yeah, I think that's when it's really going to hit us. Um, but the, but you're starting to see little bits of little bits of the Mandalorian, little little baby Yodas here, little pop characters. But as far as like the full fledged you know, same size Yoda spitting image. I haven't seen any anywhere. You know, I think the only place is like the top, top toy store, uh, toy stores. So I, I think it's going to be sort of next year. And I think they're missing the mark because Christmas is coming and, and they're just, you know, they're not getting on it. I well, mean, have you checked uh, Amazon? Does Amazon have the one that I have? I can send you the link. Yeah. You'll have maybe to they the got link. it. Cause it, well, he doesn't have feet. So just that's a that's just got no feet. Well, how's it going to work? No, no feet. Well, no, because it well it's it's very top. Well, yeah, like I leaned it against a wall and then. um, Well, it's not live. No, there's but you know like there's the one there's like the there's also one in the U.S. right now that you tap its head and then it like animates. Yeah, Um, which that's that's that it looks cute, but it's I find it creepy. So I, I, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. And they made, yeah. So I, and they, then now they have the one that, that follows you around. It like, it's like a robotic oh, one. Yeah. Oh, I want that one. Yeah. So, oh so you have to do your research. I'll have to, I'll have to, um, I'll have to reach out to my baby Yoda group and see if Send they're in the links. UK. Yeah. Maybe. If you yeah, get maybe one shipped get over. One. Yeah. If you get one shipped over, I will pay, I will gladly <laughs> sell the house. Yeah. And pay for it. <laughs> to have a Yoda walking after the dogs will be going crazy. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of unpopular opinions, um, yeah. I always say, you know, as long as we have unpopular opinions that you know are not 
hurtful to other people, e.g. extremely racist um, and, yeah. and, and diminishing of, of people uh, that they're that they're fine to have and why. And I actually never usually respond um, on this about unpopular opinions, but I do have one that I'm going to share. Yeah, um, cool. So so this week is Thanksgiving for us. Um, yeah. which of course is a horrible holiday um, in general uh, because of just the history of it. Um, but anyway, it, for, for, for me, it's, it's very much um, a family thing. So I, I spend it with my friends. Okay. Um, and while we've been on this call, mm-hmm. I just got a text message that one of my friends that was going to be hosting Thanksgiving tested yeah. positive for COVID. Oh, no. So, and so that ropes into my unpopular opinion right now, which is, which is, and I appreciate, thank, thank, appreciate him going to get a COVID test. Cause that's great. And now I can go figure out what I'm going to go do, um, or, or do nothing. That's fine too. I can do that. But, um, basically my unpopular opinion right now for people is that yeah. they're complaining like, Oh, I have to cancel holidays with my family or I can't go, I can't travel for Christmas. And the CDC today put out, um, <laughs> Uh, cruises have now been given the highest tier of risk. And I'm like, who is taking a cruise? Mm, yeah. Like, so my unpopular opinion is it's just one year that you have to modify. Perhaps it's just one year. Yeah. So if skidding together is more important than the health and safety of your family members that could potentially get very sick, yeah. um, you know, that, that, that's just kind of where my unpopular opinion sits, that it's just one sacrifice you have to make to help keep your loved ones safe. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I think it's an, look, I mean, I always think, uh, God forbid you have an elderly, uh, an elderly relative or mom or dad that caught this and died. And, you know, it must be horrendous. So, you know, I said to someone today, you've got three different people confer- uh, as, as far as this pandemic is concerned. You've got uh, the people that go over the top that won't, uh, you know, won't uh, leave the house or touch anybody or anything or, you know, pick up any fruit or anything mm-hmm. like that. Then you've got the complete idiots that go out with lots of people mix and blatantly don't care about covid and then you've got people with common sense and these are people that listen to what the government is saying you follow the rules you know you use common sense you clean your hands you try and you know you wear a mask you do all the things that they're asking within reason and i think the problem is no one, you're not going to get everybody to have the same common sense. Everybody is different. Now, you know, I have an elderly, uh, one of my best friends, an elderly, he's a, a special forces war vet, a very special man. And uh, he's 83 now. And I worry sick about seeing him. Uh, and we've seen him a few times. Um, and, but every time you feel guilty, about seeing them and it's using you know you have to use your common sense have we been infected have we been anywhere we could have been infected have we you know kept washing our hands uh, is he okay are we okay to get together you know what i mean and the mm-hmm. problem is some idiots just don't know what common sense is and they're the ones that will jump on the argument and say you know oh i can't believe you did that or oh my god you're not you know you're not wearing a mask when you go to the toilet. 
<laughs> right? It's just complete shit. And I think that for me, that's the problem. We have to use a bit of common sense. But let's let but always it should always go back to the same thing. There are people that have lost their lives. So however difficult it is for us, you know, and we may be in that that zone where you know we may not get it, you know, we may not get it or we may not die from it. Imagine an elderly person that you know or love getting it and dying because mm-hmm. that's happened to quite a few people. And that's what I always I always bring it back to that and think. You know, to be fair, you know, I've had to stay in home for a week. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? And that and and whatever, what exactly what you're saying there is completely correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's unpopular because my freedoms, America, baby. You know, and it's like, (laughs) but it, I, I just like you said, you know, you try not to go into things with judgment like i try really hard not yeah. to judge certain things but it's the People willful, can still be a prick. <laughs> it's the willful blatant disregard yeah to you know and and, yeah. and then and then you you hear all these stories and it's just like good good why I mean, yeah you know? I, mean, look, I mean over your side it's different i mean look at trump yeah he well you're, you guys are doing it you guys are shutting things yeah. down which is what you should yeah. be doing and, I, I, I mean, and we can't be yeah. governed <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean you know people and it's same over here people are slagging boris off you know he's not done this he's not done that it's all political i'm like fucking hell you know the guy is didn't want to walk into prime being prime minister when a pandemic was on he's just taking advice you know some people say it's political look i don't i don't know i just want to be safe i want people who i love to be safe um but I think over your side, I mean, Trump really messed this up. You know, how many hundreds of thousands or millions thought, you know, he's told us we don't need to wear a mask, then why should we wear a mask? And that is, that is, you know, terror, terrible. God will never forgive him for things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. It yeah. Really is. Do you have like one completely like off the, if, if, if like, if like your wife was to say, this is your one unpopular opinion, like she'll know it off the top of your head, like on the top of her head. Like what is one that you have and why? <laughs> uh, I don't, you, I mean, you've heard what I've said. I don't really yeah. have a popular, <laughs> a popular opinion if a dickhead's a dickhead. But uh, I would say over here, gin is a big drink. It's really grew in popularity. Uh, and I think people drink gin because it's trendy, and that's unpopular. <laughs> that's an unpopular opinion. They, I yeah. think they are. Gin has just exploded. Now, I used to have a nice gin and tonic, you know, nice quiet gin and tonic, watch a nice TV show. Now it's like, I want pink gin, I want raspberry gin, I want strawberry gin. I'm like, are you really? You wouldn't touch gin. And then they have it with lemonade. So, yeah, that's, that's a good one. P- uh, people drink gin because it's trendy. There's there's an unpopular opinion for you. <laughs> I don't think that's unpopular because I'm in a cocktail group and honestly, like a lot of people um, don't really get the fuss on it. And so great example is, you know, back when all this pandemic started and stuff, there's this, this gin brand called Empress Gin, which has oh, yeah. like a pea blossom flower or something like that in it that turns it purple. Yeah. Well, Scott and I bought it because Scott likes to make cocktails. And I was like, yeah, like, let's let's try it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. No, I just didn't like it. Um, And, and I actually, we drink a lot of gin and tonics. We do enjoy gin. um, Although, you know, there's various camps about which one to do, but 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think, you know, maybe let's not reinvent the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, saying that, you yeah. know, probably this weekend I'll have a strawberry gin and lemonade. <laughs> like, hey, this is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're coming, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, we're coming towards the end of the conversation. Of course, this yes. has been an awesome conversation as always. I mean, I do enjoy talking to you. <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, but what's currently making you happy in the world? Um, what's currently making me happy? Well, things, everything makes me happy. I know it sounds pretty cheesy and pretty sad. Get out um, <laughs> You know, uh, but it is just, um, you know, I'm keeping health. I'm trying to keep healthy. My fam, you know, I've, my family's amazing. I've always been lucky with my family, but I say lucky, but then we've been through ups and downs. And I suppose you get to where you get, you know, when you've been through those ups and downs. Um, and even the things that are difficult, like I said, my film, you know, it's been real hard work this year. I mean, this year completely killed it. It was supposed to be a big premiere, you know, released in cinemas, and it's just been killed completely this year. And I could turn around and say, oh, it's been horrendous. But I'm just happy I've still got the film. I still made a feature film. Um, so I, I, I know it's cheesy, but I try and look on the bright side of things. I, do, I really do because, it, you know, People have had a, t a terrible year, some people, and, and I just think, you know, what, what makes me happy is just being fit, healthy, you know, I've got a lot going on, being busy, always like to be busy. Um, or, you know, I, I've got, um, I hadn't had a motorbike for many years and I got a motorbike back this year and the dangerous things, but I love it. It de-stresses <laughs> me, you know, because I always, my mind's always racing and I struggle to, find a place where my mind just doesn't think of things. Um, so anything I can do where I don't think of things is a great thing. And motorcycle, I can go for a ride for half an hour and I don't think of anything. And things like that are, a, you know, a, an absolute godsend. Um, so anything like that, but just, yeah, you, you've, got, you've got to be happy at the minute. You know, it, yeah, it has been a pain in the arse year, but, you know, we'll get through it. We'll come out of it and, and just imagine how grateful we'll be, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm a big theater goer. Um, we've got a local theater here um, and we haven't had any of that. And, you know, people are worried about jobs and things like that. We'll come back. And when it, we come back, Oh my God, you are not going to believe it. And I think it's almost a break that we all needed. We all needed, you know, we could have done without people dying, of course, but it's a break we all needed because we now we all think we all realize how lucky we are. And I think when this when when we come out this other side of the pandemic, everybody is going to appreciate things a little bit more. And I mean, like your man, you know, he, he's he's you know, he's fighting for the country. He's doing something, you know, that's that's him. Uh, whereas we're all sitting here, we don't we're being protected by these people that give their lives you know, to, you know, to service. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, come on, this year ain't been that bad, is it? We'll all get back to it. We'll all have a cracking, a cracking party at the end. It'll bring the world together. Trump's gone now. Uh, you know, so it's all, it's all going in the right direction. It's all, what did, uh, I think Tom Hanks said something, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what he said when he did a film, but he said, uh, it will pass. That's what he said. He said, it will pass. Yep. And whatever, you know, no matter what happens, how down you feel or how shit things are, it will pass and it will, you know, and we'll crack on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I always give my guests the opportunity, of course, to promote whatever they would like. So do you have stuff that you would like to promote? 
Well, the two, the two things really are the film. So the film, um, we've got a, distri a distributor. Struggling to say that now. I had a glass of red wine. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a distribution deal. So it will be on video demand, hopefully over in the US and around the world. It's called A Kidnap. Uh, so if you just put a kidnap in Google, you'll see all the sites and everything. There's a trailer on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that when that gets released. Probably we're a little bit early on that. And then, of course, my my podcast, which you came on, which we were brilliant, Bianca. Uh, my way of thinking, if you just go on to Spotify or iTunes or any of that, just put my way of thinking in there. And uh, you can listen to me interviewing amazing human beings like yourself from all over the world. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. I appreciate it. And, uh, and as always, my listeners, uh, that's all going to be in the description of the podcast. It is very late in the UK where you are. And uh, of course, we always joke that you we, we could talk for hours because that's just the nature of our chatty Cathiness. But yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to finally sit down and talk to me. It's nice to catch up after a couple of months. And to my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And Lee, thank you so, so much. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. No problem. Absolute pleasure, Bianca. Thanks. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.